Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Nothing changes on New Year's Day. For me, in 464 days, it feels like I am in isolation. I am Ross McLeod. I am your host for Central. Central's back, and unfortunately, I haven't left my house since the last time I did this with you guys. But not to project my horrible New Year. Chris, Anthony Lopez, you're back with us. Chris, how, how was your New Year? Oh, my new year was great. I had a great time. Um, you know, nothing too crazy happened, but it feels like it's been a minute since I've been on Central. You all invited me on in November, and I was very happy to be here. And I'm like, oh, when's the next time they're going to ask me? And little did I know, I had to wait until January, but I'm happy to be back. I'm glad y'all liked me enough to bring me back. We did. Well, it was lesser um, not not wanting to bring you back. It was more me telling Stephen, yeah, I'm not doing this during during the Christmas period. I, I work in a care home. I still work, all right? Like, I ain't right. coming going, yeah, let's talk about Christmas Day Raw. No, absolutely not. You don't talk about Christmas Eve Smackdown? Come on, man. Oh, no, all right. <laughs> Thanks for that, that kind offer there, uh, Chris. We'll move swiftly on. <laughs> We could we could do like a history of uh, of Santas in WWE. We could have done a whole thing. Sorry, Chris, you're breaking up. Anyway, um, Chris mentioned his previous appearance on the show. We've got a massive back catalogue of interviews, previews, news, and reviews. That's Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites. And of course, at Suplex Retweet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet community, where you can get involved in the conversation. David Campbell's back this week, not that I asked him to be, um, with Campbell's question. We'll be reading that out at the end of the show. Uh, but first up, it's a new year, new premium events, as WWE like to call them. And the first premium event on the first day, day one, um, just before we get into it, and the matches that happened and the matches that didn't happen, Chris, as a show overall, did you enjoy day one? Day one was a great way for WWE to kick off their year. Is this the best wrestling show that I've seen in the last calendar year? No, but for them, they started off the year pretty hot. I was a fan. Yeah, could we have done without McIntyre and Madcap Moss? Sure, totally. 
But I loved the SmackDown tag. I thought that was, I mean, it's Uso's new day. What what are you guys going to do? Um, the Raw tag was, like, it's, again, I I'm, I will forever be astounded at this team of RK-Bro. Because um, on paper, they did not work for me. Um, Edge Miz was fun. Uh, Lynch Morgan, I really wish Morgan went over, but she'll have her time in the spotlight later. And then that Fatal Five Way, which I bet we'll get into, is uh, eight minutes of insanity. Absolute insanity. But it was a good show. It was a good show. I'm actually just looking at the match times for the first time here. Uh, Eight minutes, 25 seconds. I didn't realize it went. It was was enjoyable every second of it. You took it in. Um, Although, in fairness, as UK viewers were very grateful that it was only eight minutes given the time of day (laughs) it comes on. I bet. Um, so we'll just run through the results quickly um, pre-show Sheamus and Ridge Holland uh, defeated Cesaro and Ricochet uh, the Usos defeated the New Day to retain their tag team championships uh, McIntyre defeated Madcap Moss in a match no one asked for RK Bro defeated the Street Profits RK Bro with Migos like okay <laughs> yep that happened the most missed match team since Junior from Blackish teamed up with Migos at the end of season five. <laughs> <laughs> um, Edge defeated the Miz. Uh, Becky Lynch defeats Liv Morgan, and obviously the the big story coming out: Brock Lesnar is the new WWE champion. For those of you who have been living under a rock or maybe not been paying attention to WWE TV, Brock Lesnar was scheduled to take on Roman Reigns for the Universal Title. Um, there was meant to be a fatal four-way for the WWE Championship with Big E defending against Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens and Bobby Lashley. Or Seth freaking Rollins, I should say now. They seem to be going all in on that. Oh, I guess. Sure. <laughs> for people of a certain age like myself, I think I just think whenever someone says freaking, I just think Dr. Evil. So <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't really take it seriously. I'm Seth freaking Rollins. <laughs> I'm on a title with laser beams on its freaking side plates. That's <laughs> great. I haven't even thought of that. I'm mad at just that you <laughs> clicked out of my brain. <laughs> but um, Roman Reigns, unfortunately, tested positive for COVID-19. He's not the only one over this new year. Um, and they decided, you know what? Let's just throw both matches together. Let's make it a fatal five-way. And... Brock Lesnar wins the WWE Championship, pinning the champion in the middle of the ring. Um, I, we talked about how we, we loved it. It was eight minutes of fun, and I think everyone got their stuff in. But there's there's a wee bit of unhappiness online. Brock Lesnar pinning Big E for the title. What are your thoughts on that? So... The news before the show, because Roman had tested positive like hours before day one even happened. And that was it it was hot on the heels of WWE reportedly stopping COVID testing, whatever. So it was already pretty hot button topic. But then they added Lesnar to the WWE championship match. And a lot of folks like, ah, snap, here we go. We're going to do this all over again. And I thought they did it in the worst way they possibly could. Now, I don't mind Brock winning the belt. I don't. I don't mind that. How he won it is the issue. Did he really have to pin Big E? Did he? That's there's four. There's there's yeah five people in the match. One of them's obviously is going to win. It could have been Kevin. It could have been 
now with new knowledge, it wasn't going to be Lashley, but you could have had him pin Rollins like it. Anyone but the champion. Why'd it have to be Biggie? That's my big concern, pun intended. It rubs me the wrong way. What a what a sour way to end off a underwhelming world title reign for a guy that they were supposed to make the super mega star. I always feel um, WWE, and they've done it before with like the likes of Sheamus and The Miz, they, they always give... The, when they're trying a new guy out, they always give them like the the back end of the year. They don't give them, you know, there's set people, you know, there's the mega stars like the Drew McIntyres who are being pushed, you know, for 10 plus years to become the chosen one. And, you know, the likes of, you know, Seth Rollins and Roman who come out of WrestleMania as champion. But everyone else seems to get that back end. The Rock even got it when he first got the title, the back end of the year push. And, the first reign is never amazing. I always, I always find that The Rock's first reign ended quite quickly. It, it did lead to one of the best WWE title changes of all time when Mankind won them all. But, you know, still a, a pretty abrupt ending. Uh, Miz, sort of the the third wheel in The Rock Cena promo. Uh, Sheamus loses it right before WrestleMania. And, you know, Biggie losing it in the first show of 2022. They never really tend to give this... They, they never go all in until maybe it's like the second or third reign. Look at maybe... Look at Seth Rollins as Universal Champion. They went all in on him and it was like his fourth reign of the title. So I'm not worried about Big E having a poor title run, but I, I do see your point. Why did it have to be... Why Why did it have to be Big E? I'm looking like... And I'm sure I'll have 100 you know, Twitter fans come after me here, but Kevin Owens is the name that screams to me should have been pinned. Because, or even or even Seth Rollins, even if like Seth Rollins took everyone out and then Brock, you know, comes out of nowhere and F5s him. Because he's beaten Brock Lesnar in the main event of a WrestleMania and a SummerSlam. He's been pinned by Brock before that it doesn't hurt so much. And of course... This was originally meant to be a one-on-one match. So Seth can turn around and say, you know what, I had that match won before, you know, Brock Lesnar bullied his way into the match. I, I was overcoming the odds, blah, blah, blah. Seth Rollins does have a, a gripe, I think, going into the match. He could have had a gripe coming out of the match. And then you've got, you know, you've, you've got your number one contenders match, maybe for the Saudi show as well. Seth v Big E. Because you've got Big E saying I was never pinned and Seth going, I wanted a one-on-one match. You know, what the hell. Um, Kevin Owens, yeah, he does pop out to me as the one that should have been pinned. But, yeah, I don't have a problem with Brock Lesnar. I actually love that Brock's champion just now. And let, let, let's talk about um, let's talk about the Rumble. Bobby yeah. Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. That is a match... Um, Lashley was brought back for that. You know, that, that was the match he was brought back for. And within a year, you know, of, you know, Lashley's sisters and bending over and showing people his ass. And then then we thought it couldn't get any worse. And then he, he, he becomes a sex addict. And no, sorry, Rusev's a sex addict, but Bobby Lashley's now having sex with Rusev's wife. You know, just 
a pointless Alistair Black match at WrestleMania with no fans, and then in comes MVP, in comes the Hurt Business, and, you know, WWE, when they book a big, massive, muscle-bound freak who could kill you by looking at you, as that, instead of having him as a an adulterer who flashes his ass at people, really did well with Bobby Lashley, you know, put him all the way to the WWE title picture. He was one of WrestleMania's uh, marquee matches this year. Had a really good run with the WWE title. And, yeah, I'm, re- I'm really looking forward. I'm, I'm, it's taken us a while to get here. And, but, you know, now that we're here, now that we're here, the match that Bobby Lashley should have had, by the way, at SummerSlam 2018, and I'll tell you why. He defeated Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules 2018, and then the next night on Raw, they said, oh, we're having a rematch, and the winner gets to face Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, and Roman won, and then Roman went to face Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. And I was just like, wait, what? Surely, lastly, you, you didn't have that. We had this match. Last right. Why are we? Why are we rewarding Roman after he lost. Exactly. <laughs> that that's been the story of Roman's time in WWE though. <laughs> I know, I know. But um no no butt slapping, no adultery, all business Bobby Lashley against Brock Lesnar. I hope they I hope they have I don't want a 10, 15 minute match like they try to do with Lashley Goldberg. I want the sort of carnage that was Lesnar Joe uh, um Great Balls of Fire. I think the match went about six or seven minutes, but they just knocked the holy hell out of each other for those six or seven minutes. Yes. No, and I'm su- first of all, I'm surprised they're doing it this soon. I thought this would have been a WrestleMania caliber first time meeting or like this highly anticipated match between these two guys, but this gives me hope for a biggie future world title match because they're doing this now at the end of the month or the beginning of February. But I'm just, I'm still a little salty at the biggie treatment. And there were all these uh, reports of like Seth was supposed to win at day one. And obviously he didn't. And which makes me wonder like, so this is going to happen to biggie anyway. So how is this gonna WWE doesn't plan ahead too often. Or if yeah. they do, um, it typically doesn't go to plan or what they initially set out to do. So in the moment, how it stands, I like babyface champion Brock Lesnar. I do. The the idea of that makes me happy. How it happened, I'm not a fan, but Lashley Lesnar at the end of the month, I forget the day of the rumble. Is it the 29th of, of January? I that. Okay. On, a, on a Saturday. And they're doing the Saturday pay-per-views. They're taking a page out of AEW's book. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's working. Or like Impact. I think Impact does their shows on Saturdays. So, I mean, it works. So, might as well. But I'm, I'm just, I'm holding out hope for what they have planned going forward. And I just, I don't like how WWE does oh, here's that moment, and then nothing else after that. Yeah. So I, I'm just, I'm, I'm waiting, waiting and seeing how they're going to handle Lashley-Lesnar. It's going to rule, though. I agree with what you said. Do seven, eight minutes max. It should be the length of this match right here. It should be the length of this match. 
and that's it. But just two beefy men um, slapping me, as Big E would say, <laughs> and and leave it at that. And Lesnar retains, of course. Well, we might see Big E. I mentioned the Saudi Arabia show. Scott just said everything while we're on air. The next show in Saudi Arabia is going to be February 19th. Um, so that will be, uh, I'm just checking the date here. That'll probably be a midweek one, won't it? February, no, it's a Saturday. February 19th, Saturday, a Saturday like five o'clock pay per view in WWE. Yes, I I absolutely love that. I very rarely get that, so I'm very happy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not too. Not to once again shit on Kevin Owens because I, I do like Kevin Owens, um, but the see Bobby Lashley and Lesnar it does surprise me as well that they're doing this at the Rumble because I thought Lesnar and Lashley would be two people in the Rumble, two of the favourites. Whereas I think we know Kevin Owens isn't going to win the Rumble, and I thought that you know. The Royal Rumble tends to be when they put people like Dolph Ziggler or Mark Henry, people who have won the world title but were never consistently world champions or, or people at the big show, you know, they would get the title match at the Rumble so all the big stars could be in the Rumble. I I just I assume they just throw Kevin Owens in there, but apparently not. And I'm glad we're getting uh, Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Uh, another match we're getting at the Rumble coming out of uh, day one. Uh, Edge and Beth Phoenix versus The Miz and Maurice. Uh, Beth Phoenix making her return in the most weird way possible. Um, she stood at the ramp, snarling, snarling as if behind an invisible force field. And then her music hit and the force field was gone and she could walk to the ring. Yo, seeing Beth Phoenix, first of all, this is it's the first time that Edge and Beth Phoenix have been on screen canonically together in WWE, which is actually pretty cool. And then this is the third decade, I believe. I, if I read the tweet correctly, this is the third decade that Maurice and Beth Phoenix are going to wrestle each other in. Like, that is a hell of a stat. And... Seeing that, like the it couple, Ms. Maurice and the grit couple, that's how they're calling Edge <laughs> and Beth Phoenix. Um, sure, I guess. Um, it's 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 piqued my interest. I I want to see if because we've seen Maurice like get physical recently in the last couple years in WWE, but nothing yeah. too crazy. And I don't think this match is going to be anything too crazy besides Miz and Edge. They'll probably be doing a lot of the heavy lifting. But who knows? WWE likes to surprise with these type of um, these type of like fun event matches, and it's mixed tag. It'll be fun. It'll be cute, and maybe it'll lead to some other fun stuff going forward. But hey, for all those clamoring for new Edge Edge uh, feuds going forward <laughs> and his new return, he's getting the Miz now. Yeah. Yeah, I quite like it. I could have done without the bloodbath and the wedding renewal. I think WWE sometimes tends to like book a six-week feud when they've got seven weeks of television, sort of thing, and then they have to just kind of pull an idea out of nowhere or like do the same thing twice. Um, 
But I really, also really liked, um, I've really liked Edge's return since his return in 2020. I've really enjoyed, you know, the feuds he's been in. I feel that he hasn't been overbooked or overpushed. And um, apparently, prior to the Miz match uh, day one, Edge had had 12 matches since his return. He had won six and lost six. Wow. And yeah, so that was the 13th match of Edge's return. Um, it feels like more, like, see, because he's been in so many prominent feuds. It feels like more, but yeah, uh, the 13th match of his return, and the score is now 76 uh, win losses. Yo, Edge has been. Edge is at, Edge as a part time competitor. He is maybe because it's Edge, and we're even when he does when he's a part of some iffy stuff, we're gonna give him love anyway. Yeah. But I've I've been very impressed with his run, like the stuff with Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan from early last year going into WrestleMania, and the the Seth Rollins feud was like that's talk about like dream match, like dream scenario type stuff, and they excelled on all cylinders. So the Miz stuff, yeah, I don't hate it. I didn't like the the vow renewal. I didn't like that at all. Oh, I enjoyed the match. The main thing I enjoyed the, the match. match was good. Was, yes, the match was good. Hear the rain bashing off my conservatory roof. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's we're we're just it's all right because it's predicting that we're going to start raining on WWE's parade. I think that's what it is. We've, <laughs> no, we've, no, we've been no. saying a lot of nice things so far, so we might have to start uh, poo pooing them. Yeah. Well. Uh, unfortunately for WWE, one of the big hitters, Drew McIntyre, uh, has has a neck injury at the moment. Apparently, the backstage skit with Corbin, uh, Moss and uh, McIntyre, where McIntyre had the chair wrapped around his neck, was a way to write McIntyre off TV for an extended period of time, if need be. Uh, and apparently, he's carrying a neck injury. They don't know how bad it is or the severity he will be getting tests and what have you but a big blow for WWE Drew McIntyre really from the Rumble 2020 onwards has been a focal point of WWE programming be it Raw or Smackdown the the assumption was that he was going to be the one to face Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble but now with the injury, who knows what the plan is going to be? Maybe they'll feed someone to Roman in the meantime, or just throw him in the match, like how they did Brock. You know, because who cares? World champs can be in Rumbles now. But we'll see with with Roman. But hopefully, Drew is not for too long. He might be the guy that finally ends the the Roman Reigns empire uh, and and put down the head of the table. Hopefully. I might say this to you earlier. I actually think it's Big E that's ending the Roman Empire. I, I, I've i said since the lead-up to their Survivor Series match, Big E wins the Rumble and beats Roman Reigns. I thought it was going to start with him beating Roman at Survivor Series. Turns out that didn't happen, but you know, I still have faith. I think Big E wins the Rumble, and I think, um, I think Big E stops the title run of Roman Reigns. That's just me. But I hope get you're right. Soon. Get well soon, Drew McIntyre. Um, before we go into NXT uh, New Year's Evil's results, uh, obviously NXT now branded as NXT 2.0, and a lot of these releases would uh, suggest that WWE released the other day Timothy Thatcher 
Gabe Sapolsky, pardon me, uh, William Regal, The Road Dog, and Rajan Singh. Uh, a lot of these people are viewed as Triple H guys, um, especially William Regal. I think William Regal, Chris, was the one that got everyone talking. A buddy of mine, uh, and I'm going to shout him out, uh, Nick Molbach, he, he's the one that usually informs me of the WWE releases when they happen. And as the sirens go by my apartment, like that's how I felt when I saw William Regal's name when I, when I heard the releases. He's someone who was crucial, crucial to NXT 1.0, if that's what we're calling it now, the OG NXT. And I was shocked to see Regal. Like Thatcher, I forgot, I'm not going to lie, I forgot Thatcher was there. Um, Gabe Sapolsky, the road dog, Jesse James, you know, the, it's a lot of folks who were coaches, producers, writers that got released. And like how you said, they were all the triple H folks from the OG NXT, but William Regal, you drop someone like him, someone's going to scoop him up, Tony Khan, and it's going to be very it won't, it won't be too long before we see William Regal. Maybe the 90 days, if they have the 90 days. I don't know if they do or not. But what a, what a shock the Regal one was, at least to me. Timothy Thatcher would probably just go back uh, to doing like little indie feds and absolutely crushing fresh talent. and Or maybe go to GCW and do some fun stuff over there. But the, these releases sucked. They absolutely sucked. But that's how they all have been, whether talent or not. Yeah, I think um, there, there's two talents that I, I I don't wish anyone's job to be lost, you know, but there's two talents that I, I really wasn't that sad to see go, and that was Road Dog and Rajan Singh, because... Singh was the head writer of Raw during the guest host era. He is responsible for some of the worst Raws I think we have ever seen. Uh, he was a big supporter of the Great Cali, a big pusher of the Great Cali. So instantly that disqualifies him from any sympathy in my book. <laughs> and Road Dog, um, Road Dog took over as a uh, head uh, of SmackDown for a while pre-Bruce Pritchard, which made no fucking difference. You know, Bruce Pritchard's podcasts are interesting because they're talking about a different time in wrestling. Doesn't mean bring them back in 2021. No, um, Road Dog basically went over, this was during, like, when SmackDown had Ambrose and Miz and Cena, AJ, Wyatt, they had the six women, they had, you know, Mickey James coming back and Becky Lynch breaking out in a row and Alexa Bliss getting a chance. He took over and essentially the report backstage was he just kind of wants to do everything Raw does. So essentially Raw would have Absolution debut. So SmackDown would have the Riot Squad debut. Raw would have the champion winning a match by DQ. So then SmackDown would have the champion winning a match. And it just, like, the more you saw this piece of news, like, usually some things on the internet aren't true, shock horror, but it was just, this stuff was quite clearly noticeable and yeah i'm not i'm not sad to see them go from production i think there is a, a clear out needed in wwe but william regal certainly wasn't one of them um 
if he goes to AEW and AEW gets a scouting system set up and possibly a developmental system set up, he he will he will help that to no no end. I think. I think it certainly is a new era in NXT and the 2.0 isn't just branding and yeah, just getting rid of everyone who was there originally. It's a bit of a bit upsetting, to be honest with you, to see William Regal go. It really solidified the idea of NXT as we knew it uh, being gone, you know, and Regal obviously being the GM of NXT and now we're not going to see him on programming and this is just going to usher in the new the new era and i mean the well, we're going to talk about new year's evil but that's how that show felt in in my opinion i thought that show felt like oh we're going to now start putting our new guys as the top champions, unifying belts and everything in that vein. But seeing these new releases really pushes that home. And where's I want to know how Triple H feels. I don't know where he's at right now or what he, or what he's doing. But I bet my man's not having a good time. And I, I would love we'll never hear him, but I, I will love his two cents on all the releases talent behind the scenes and everything in between. Do you know, like obviously we talk about um, Regal being a big release. Do you know, I think the biggest uh, clue that Triple H's NXT isn't there anymore was the unification match. Roderick Strong, Carmelo Hayes. Not that Carmelo's the new guy, but the fact that the winner wouldn't be recognised as a cruiserweight champion. The winner would be recognised as the unified North American champion. wasn't title for title. It was title unification. The cruiserweight title, WWE, you know, Triple H brought it back with the cruiserweight classic. WWE dropped the ball with it. Triple H then took it back to NXT, made it interesting again, made it relevant. And now in NXT 2.0, they've just completely got rid of it. It's gone. Like they don't have it anymore. Yeah, and two hundred five lives still a show, right? Yeah, I, I don't think it will be for long. Yeah, I, it'll soon be rebranded like Superstars Two Point or something like that. Oh God, yeah. This it, it's getting very messy, and the more I hear out of WWE, whether it's releases or changes. Not a big fan of of a lot of the changes that are being made. Granted, uh, there are a lot of things I do like about WWE, but it's always the bad stuff outweighs the good with them. And NXT was the thing that was that was what we were all like, oh my gosh, NXT is so good. NXT is this, and NXT is that. And maybe it's out of spite. I don't even know, but. They're they're taking away what we all fell in love with, what we we're all in love with, and they're giving us, you know, Carmelo Hayes, who I'm a fan of. I love Carmelo Hayes. Uh, Braun Breaker, his name may not be great, but I like the guy behind it. Mm-hmm. And I, I like what I like a lot of the talent they've been pushing at NXT 2.0. But I, I a lot of this behind the scenes stuff, a lot of the changes being made, I'm not a huge fan of, and it's making me not want to watch 
that that new 2.0 what what i always feel um you talk about the bad outweighing the good i always feel it's um the stuff on screen is good the characters are good but it's always like oh by the way we're cutting this or by the way um, that guy you like or that thing he does we're going to have him just do that and be one-dimensional you know it's stuff that puts people off watching and then they blame the talent for it and then talent gets released and then it just and then you know if if you stick around like i'm always like i the WWE Network, I know in America it's uh, Peacock now. Yeah. Uh, but the WWE Network, we still have it in the UK. $9.99 a month, it's tremendous value. And I will always watch the pay-per-views, but like, I can see why people are like, you know what, I'm not going to bother because you know I, I, I get excited for certain things that happen on pay-per-views and then... WWE don't follow through on the storyline, so I can see why people are just like, you know, I'm just not going to bother. Yeah, it's 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 frustrating, and I know recently, like, yeah, they're bringing back the Dusty Classic. Great, like that's I'm glad they're keeping that around for the love of God. And there's still like they're they're it's like two weeks, like <laughs> yeah, well. Been- we'll- We'll move on to that quickly. Um, the Dusty Classic, the men's is going to be in two weeks and the women's is going to be in February. So I think they're going to do the entire men's tournament and then do the entire women's tournament. Because last year it did get a bit... Because they did eight women's teams but did 16 men's teams but then started them the same week. So then it felt like the women's one was dragging whereas the men's one we were like, wait, what round are we in now? I thought that was the quarterfinal. Right, right. But keeping them separate, great. I'm just happy that things still exist, that they're still doing that. I get yeah. it works for them every year. Who's gonna win? Probably a combo team of two singles wrestlers per huge. That's usually what happens. But uh, I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. That's at least some semblance of the old NXT still around. I am gonna go for Joe Gacy and Harland. I think they're gonna win it. Okay. Um, I, I'm forgetting their names. Uh, it's the, the tag in, uh, in Diamond Mind or Diamond oh, Mind. The, the, it begins with B, the B brothers. <laughs> yeah. The, those, though, the, the twins, or if they're not yeah. twins, they look a lot like twins. Um, I, I'm rocking with them or, oh, geez. Or I'm, I'm putting this out there. It's not a confirmation, but as of this recording, um, I think, they're going to put Brown Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa in a team, and they might win the damn thing. Oh, that'd be cool. I'd like that. <laughs> it's, it just sounds like the sort of comedy that pops up at the bottom of your screen when you're watching an episode of Family Guy. They appear back to back. How will they ever get along? Right. <laughs> like that's it, It's going to be a whole it's be a whole thing, but I love it. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it already. <laughs> um. So the Dusty Classic, men's in two weeks. I actually think they might they might just go with MSK um, coming out of their their match. We'll talk about their match first. Um, MSK and Riddle uh, defeating Imperium, including Walter. Um, I think MSK might be the obvious choice. They're certainly there. I, I'm, I'm not meaning this in 
wrestling ability terms, but do you remember the Attitude Era where they broke teams up every week? Mm-hmm. And the only consistent team for like three years was the New Age Outlaws. They are they are NXT 2.0 is the New Age Outlaws. Okay. Okay, so I remember when Riddle was... He was revealed as the shaman, and I thought it made a lot of sense, <laughs> especially yeah. with how they presented him. But um, the fact that they went over Imperium, that was especially with Walter being there, that's something that that surprised me personally uh, when they pull out the W. But hey, I I was cool with it. I I like MSK a lot. I Riddle's grown on me a lot over the last year and a half. But Imperium not getting the W. That's it's nuts. It truly is nuts. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have had Riddle get the pin. Um, I would have had, I would have had um, one of MSK pin one of the tag champs. I'm glad Walter didn't get pinned. Um, but yeah, I, I feel, I feel having a Riddle. Get the pin, it goes back to an older version of NXT, which we'll talk about when we talk about AJ Styles later on. Um, I feel it should have been MSK because they're the guys that are going to continue the feud because afterwards, you know, you see Riddle going, get out there, win that cup, and let me bring those titles home. And then he just scoots off into the, into the sunset. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, we'll never see you again. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> So just reading the the Wikipedia and it was just it was the final event to feature the cruiserweight championship. Bastard. No, that's a bummer. I oh, know. It'll be back in uh, five years. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the other results on the card: Carmelo Hayes, as we mentioned, defeating Roderick Strong, but defeating him cleanly. Yeah, uh, by pinfall. Uh, Hashiman, by the way, uh, who accompanied Roderick Strong, also part of those releases. Uh, Diamond Mine gets smaller by the day. And I, I was really surprised there was no trickery. There was, you know, there was the usual trick Williams up on the apron, but it, it, there was nothing that led to the pinfall. You know, he just, they, they really, they're, they're all in on Braun Breaker and they really are all in on Carmelo Hayes as well. Yep. For good reason, too. Both of them have given them. A lot of quality matches, and I think they're both great characters. Again, not a fan of Braun's name, but I love Carmelo Hayes. I think he's great. Yeah, no, I, I think he's great as well. Um, really, I'm glad they gave it to someone that I'm a someone they're going to push as like a an actual threat, and not someone like Joe Gacy, who was, you know, the the whole. Fat shaming and safe space thing that that was quite funny. I, I quite enjoyed it, but you know when it gets to the match, Roderick Strong should win easily, like he did. Um, Mandy Rhodes defeating Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez and a fun triple threat. I like how Mandy, um, you know, Cora Jade's been seen as a sort of lucky roll-up kid, sort of John Cena when he debuted, um, and. It was the roll-up that was our downfall. Mandy Rose seen it coming, managed to twist, turn, and roll her up, and for a roll-up of her own, retain the title. Mandy Rose entering in a helicopter as well, very motley crew of her. Yeah. 
the the Cora Jade stuff recently, like they're gonna they're gonna push her to the moon. She's like twenty years old, which I cannot believe. And they're gonna they I I bet they love her. It's it's she'll have the belt by WrestleMania weekend. Probably. And something I want to talk to you about, it was a it was a backstage promo. Um so essentially who who was the person that used to accompany Boa and Zia Lee to the ring? Oh, oh my gosh. You know who I'm talking about, don't you? I do know who you're talking about. Ming something, Ming or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, so essentially, all her powers have been given to a male superstar in Boa because, mm-hmm. God forbid, WWE book a powerful woman, they have to book a supernatural male instead. So, <coughs> we see a we see a thing backstage. It's um, oh god, these these people are so fucking dull. I keep forgetting their names. Katie Catanzaro and um, oh god, see what's her partner's name? Oh jeez, I have her whole life. Give me a second. Uh, it is a rant about how terrible the whole thing is, anyway. So me forgetting her name is not a bad thing. Caden Carter, is it not? Caden Carter. I just found it too. Casey yep. Catanzaro, along with a third unnamed woman. Um, we're talking about how they were going to win the Dusty Cup. <coughs> I don't know how the three of them could win it, but <coughs> pardon me. Um, but yeah, so then Raquel Gonzalez, sorry, um, fucking I'm having a great time here. <laughs> Indy Hartwell and her partner who again is completely forgettable, come up, say they're going to win the tag titles, they're going to win the classic. They turn around uh, and find a sleeping woman called Wendy Chu, who they're like, yeah, you can team with her, and they laugh and walk away. The face has been sort of judgmental, and Wendy Chu's like, yeah, why are you staring at me like a ham sandwich and like try to make quick jokes? I think they're trying to turn her into, um, have you seen... Uh, Shang-Chi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is it Aquafina? Aquafina. I think they are trying to turn who is Mei-Ying into Aquafina with this Wendy Chu gimmick, because that's oh, who that no. is meant to be. Yeah, that is her new gimmick, and I think she is just going to be this sort of lazy layabout who is kind of just the funny friend who then all of a sudden becomes you know, a hero as well. I, I think that's the role they're going to go there. So that was a horror. I should have really looked up who these people were beforehand because it was a very forgettable segment. But the point was, that I think they've basically seen funny Asian lady on TV, just like they used to do with um, a lot of black characters in the nineties. You know, they used to try and make them Eddie Murphy or, you know, Will Smith. Yeah sort of wisecracking, you know, funny black guy or or, or the, the trope they fell into for years, funny fat guy dances. You know, I think it, it's another trope they found themselves in. Uh, but yeah, the main event of New Year's Evil, really the changing of the guard. Braun Breaker defeats Tommaso Ciampa by submission, not, not pass out. Ciampa taps out. Uh, and they, they don't even... 
It's not even as if they brought up his neck surgery or his injured back or the fact that you know his back would have been sore being put through the table. They they made it out as if like wow, Braun just made him submit and that was it. Yeah, that uh that hand me down family furniture, you know, that Steiner recliner, <laughs> uh really really is still putting in work in 2022. And my jaw definitely hit the floor when I saw Tommaso tap as quickly as he did. I, I it's very bittersweet because like what you said is changing up the guard. It was a good match. It was a really good match with Breaker and Champa. I was very happy with it. And even Breaker going over, sure. Yeah, I was cool with that. But it's it's finally that goodbye. Like, who knows if Tommaso Ciampa will still be with NXT? Is he going to go to the main roster? Hope not. Is he going to just squander NXT till he gets released? Hope not, you know. But I, I, I don't know what the future holds besides the fact that Braun Breaker is now the face of NXT. I know. it's. Have you ever seen someone come into a company so quickly, like like an unknown and just instantly be pegged as the guy. Like, I don't think since, like, certainly the way it was done, I don't think since the, the raid in, like, 1980, the 1980s of the AWA, where WWE stole the likes of Piper and Hogan and made Hogan, like, the guy, I don't think there's, I don't think there's ever been someone who has came in with the direct aim that, hey, you're going to be the guy. You're going to be the guy that we push. <laughs> hey, he's um, he's definitely going to be the the guy NXT, and he's like he first popped up when they did the rebrand, and now here we are a few months later, and he's the top dog of NXT, and it's a lot a lot of the weekly roster or the ones we see on tv are relatively new faces like i i'm not i'm not mad at it because of course this is what nxt was always supposed to be was homegrown talent the 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 talent that didn't necessarily make their names on the indie scene but they slowly ushered a lot of those folks out letting their contracts contracts expire or releasing them outright but now here we are, Brown Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, and like you mentioned, Joe Gacy, like the um, the chases of the world. Uh, you mentioned Indy Hartwell. Indy is probably going to be like the one. Oh, Indy and Mandy Rose. Um, if those are your vets <laughs> in NXT, like that's something, you know, like that. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch that version of NXT with no Gargano, with no O'Reilly, no Champa, presumably, uh, going forward. But we'll see, I guess. Well, someone who is still in NXT, uh, Pete Dunne, he's going to be competing next week. He'll be, I think he'll be the older face that's still there because he is, like, despicably young. Pardon me. <laughs> he is... Still despicably young. I think he's like twenty-five. And you know, is he? Wrestling. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I'm just going to double no check. No way. If Pete Dunn is twenty-five years old, what did this deceivingly young man? Like what? Oh my gosh, he's twenty-eight. Close. Twenty-eight. Close. All right. I apologize. 
Uh, I'll, I'll piss off. That makes me depressed. He was born the same year as me. <laughs> hey, man. I'm, Corey Jade is younger than me. Uh, I think... Uh, who is it in, in AEW that's younger than me? I'm not Hangman. Uh, I think MJF's younger than me. Uh, I'm, I'm really feeling good about myself over here. So, uh, like, it's... <laughs> It's you know I'm right there with you, man. I'm right there with you. So Pete Dunn as the sort of um, the veteran here. Uh, he's he's yeah he's wrestling next week as as um, AJ Styles. Oddly enough, AJ Styles uh, coming in to take on Grayson Waller next week uh, and. I wanted to talk to you about an era of NXT. See when NXT moved away from the reality TV aspect and moved to full sale and we had guys like, smaller guys like Drew, Jinder and Heath at the time because they were like 3MB. People like Alex Riley, they, they popped up to sort of like, hey, we know them and sort of, they stayed for a bit and let, you know, let the other guys go over them and then they, you know, they went back to the main roster and performed on superstars or got released or whatever. And then, you know, NXT pushed on and they occasionally had like a, a special guest. So they would have like Cena wrestled a couple of matches. I think Cesaro was there for a while with Sami Zayn. Um, Kane and Daniel Bryan when the tag team champions showed up. Would you, Are you interested in seeing that again? Maybe seeing some of the more established stars come down for like a a, a two to six week run or sometimes longer if their careers on the main roster have stalled or do you think NXT should be its own defined thing and that the main roster should be kept away from it? I think at this point if they're going to do it it should be for short feuds like this. The whole stuff with Grayson Waller and AJ Styles to the point where Waller went to Raw, which is one hell of a rub for Grayson Waller. But you keep it brief. You don't have them stick around. And cause I, I believe Cesaro, when he did it a long time ago, him and Sami Zayn would just kill each other on what was then NXT on just the network. Like They would have these barn burner matches, some of the best matches that I've seen out of NXT, regardless of era stipulation or who's a part of it. But I'm looking forward to Styles, Waller, and if that leads to more matches, then sure. Um, I know they just split Styles from Omos, and it's for the better of Styles. I don't know about better of Omos. So having him in NXT for a little bit wouldn't hurt, but I don't want him to stay there any longer than he has to. Don't Don't have him wrestle folks down there just because. Like, I, I don't, it'd be fun, of course, but it, I don't think it'd make any sense for Styles' character to go to NXT yeah. and, oh, let me wrestle Carmelo Hazel, I'm here. Yeah, it'd be rad, but he's going to lose. Or if you're going to have him beat Hayes, doubt it. No way. That that was something as well that used to happen. Um, and it reminded me when Riddle got the pin, they would come down, but then the bigger star would win. And it sort of happened as well. It sort of still kind of happens in NXT UK. Uh, I remember I was at the first um, Blackpool takeover in 2019. And 
it was Jordan Devlin in the ring. And then all of a sudden, Finn Balor appears. Oh, you were there for... Oh, yeah. damn. And I was like... Because he, he gave it away as well, actually. He goes, I'm Ireland's greatest export. And I'm like, the bar in the, the Blackpool ballroom or whatever, I think it's the Empress Ballroom it's called. Um, the bar was actually closer to where our seats were than where our seats were. So I was like, I had a kind of better view. And he went, I'm Ireland's greatest export. And a guy next to me went like, who's coming out? I went, I think it's going to be, well, I think it'll be Finn Balor, like, you know, Ireland's other big export. And the guy went, no, no, it'll be, and he listed some NXT UK guy who I can't remember. And I was like, well, it's obviously not going to be him. He's not Irish. And the guy went at me, as if it's going to be Finn Balor and turned away to pick up his pint. And then know how that that first dun dun and Finn Balor's entrance <laughs> that hat and he turned back round and I just kind of went, I know if it's gonna be Finn Balor, <laughs> like just such a. And my brother was like texting me because I'd a uh, I'd went to the the bar during the like when he was beating up his original opponent, and uh, sorry I'd went to the toilet so I, I was head back and I was at the bar. And he looked up surprised and he turned and he caught my eyes and I was like, I know. <laughs> it was like, he's here. <laughs> it was as if he thought, he's missed it, he's missed it. And he was looking about for me and he like literally as he turned, he caught my eye and I'm like, I know, it's him. <laughs> yeah, damn, that, I remember watching that show. That show was nuts. Uh, but, but I know uh, for like the Riddle stuff in NXT, uh, a lot of reports came out recently that it was supposed to be Jeff Hardy. Yeah. And that he was going to be the one to stick around for a little bit and have a little baby run at NXT, which I don't know how I feel about that still. Uh, I don't like mind gone. that. I, I think, I, I don't mind if NXT goes back to, NXT I think was coming a bit, not to sound like McMahon's and all that, but I think it was becoming a bit too, WWE presents the indies, whereas before it was like, Right, ninety percent of these guys are our guys, but we do have ten percent of like we have the likes of, say, Bobby Roode and Nakamura and Finn Balor, and the other guys were their guys. You know, the likes of, you know, they they haven't aged well, but the Enzos and Casses they were you know massively yeah. over. They were WWE creations. Drew McIntyre, WWE creation. You know, so I think. I think if we get to the point where we're not, they're not hoarding talent, and they maybe just have like, right, we have our guys, and then we have like ten percent established names. I, I don't see anything wrong with that. And I, Jeff Hardy, before he got released, he was in a tag feud with Drew, taking on Madcap Moss and Corbin. What would you rather that or him taking on Carmelo Hayes? Oh wow. Um... <laughs> Like the, okay. Because now that you have Carmelo Hayes, like he he's the the, the upper mid tier uh, champion. I yeah, that would've been fun. <laughs> yeah, but um, yo, maybe that's why they're having Styles stick around. Maybe who knows? I but I don't want I don't want to see. Folks lose. I, I don't want to see folks lose. That's that's my thing. 
I suppose that's fair enough. But yeah, AJ Styles and NXT, it looks like we are maybe going back to that sort of model where people come down for a wee bit and hey look. Um you know, you've got guys like Ricochet who at times don't do stuff for long periods of time. You've got guys like insanely talented people like Ali and Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. You know, what if the heart business came down and maybe, you know, took took part in the Dusty Cup? You know, they don't have to win. They could get to, like, the semi-finals. So, they, you know, they stick around for three matches. They're doing something on TV. They're taking on fresh opponents. And then, you know, they go back to Raw. Or, you know, Ricochet comes down for a wee while and, you know, maybe answers an open challenge, you know. Just just some fun stuff for, like, when people aren't doing stuff. But, right. you know, if they're going to be there, you know, make it, like, an extended, say, two-month thing and then say, right, are we done here? Or are we going to go in a different storyline where we can keep this guy here? Because, you, you know, you don't want people staying there for two, three, four-month storylines. Yeah, it's, they have to, if they're going to go back to that, they just stick to the basics. Don't do the extended runs. Even if it's, it could be fun if it was NXT Black and Gold alum. Like, that'd be cool. But I'm, it's, it's the booking of everything. So far, they've done Waller Styles great. But ask me again after the match happens. And ask me how I feel about it then. Fair enough. Um, one NXT alumni who won't be returning to the company, uh, Tony Storm. Apparently, she, after a WWE house show, booked her own flight home and requested her release. Um, just said she was creatively frustrated and. And yeah, it, it's a shame that. Tony Storm's away. Um. She had just pinned Charlotte on SmackDown too, like not too long before that. So it it makes me wonder what what what's been going on. Like the whole treatment of Tony Storm. Uh, like I don't. I was gonna say Shotzi Blackheart, but I don't necessarily agree with that because she. I thought she's been doing well, but a lot of the women from NXT that had been called up hadn't been doing so hot with the exception of a few at least of the recent crop not the banks bailey charlotte lynch we all seen how those panned out but tony storm was one i thought like that's a no-brainer like she is a no-brainer she is talented she can cut a promo she's great all right push her and they just they let her sit for weeks months even and i know there's still a lot of speculation and there's not too many facts about what happened but if she did just go home and she walked out she did like what uh like what Pac did or what what the then neville did you know that you just got fed up and left so all power to her if that's what she did she didn't like it she left and she just walked away what the future of T- tony storm is i have no idea but whoever is gonna get the bounce back of Tony Storm, that that's a blessing in disguise. Yeah, absolutely. Um let, let's talk about something a bit well, well let's let's talk about something nice before we go into something horrible then. Uh Kyle O'Reilly, we we talked about NXT uh changing of the guard and Kyle O'Reilly 
you know, I, I tell Stephen I'm not doing these shows, there's not going to be any interesting things happening over Christmas. And lo and behold, Kyle O'Reilly joins AEW. Yeah, Adam Cole gave you the best Christmas gift you could ask for. Yeah, more luck. <laughs> the fact that Kyle O'Reilly, it was the worst kept secret that Kyle was going to AEW. Yeah. I know there there were a bunch of reports. Like, oh, he's going to resign with WWE. Oh, maybe he won't. It was the worst kept secret. When Bobby Fish showed up, when Adam Cole showed up, they started interacting on screen together. It's like, all right. They're just planting the seeds for Kyle. He showed up and he wrestled the week later. And the Red Dragon's back in, in AEW. It's a matter of time before Kenny comes back and they do the Elite versus a new named Undisputed Era, Blood and Guts, and they're going to kill each other. It's going to be great. What I liked is you could have you could heavy tell that, you know, that's my Scottish coming up. You could heavy tell uh, that they all wanted to do the Undisputed Era sign. They looked, you know, they've been in a company since 2016 where they have a designated hand signal. And they stood there and they just... You could tell they all wanted to do it, but they would all try to pose like as close to the other as possible. And it was just it was a little bit awkward as well. It was like they're back, they're they're not really back. They're it's like it's like whenever you hear like, <laughs> not had those bands that, you know, they, they had like one or two big songs and then they broke up and then, you know, at your local nightclub, three of the original five members are showing up, and you're like, "Yeah, it's it's such and such. well, it's not really such and such. It, it's it's three fifths of such and such." That's kind of how I feel. It's the disputed era. It's <laughs> right, <laughs> and we'll see when they now that they're over there in Tony Khan land, and they get to uh, flesh out these characters more, these versions of these characters, then. I, I think it's it's gonna be hard to mess this up. I think it's gonna be very hard to mess this up, especially in the direction they're going, where it's like the Bucks and Red Dragon, like whose allegiances are Adam Cole's with, you know, like we'll and we'll see how how AEW handles it, but I'm liking it. I can't say I don't like it. It got me excited and seeing Kyle during the Cole Orange Cassidy match. Uh, made me very happy. It made me very happy to see Kyle again. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, the Battle of LA. We always we've discussed this on the show before. Um, we a uh, P- PWG's Twitter every day announces a new new entrant. We've kind of kept you updated. All sixteen entrants have been announced now. So I'll just go through the field. Uh, Jonah Rock, formerly Bronson Reed, is. The first entrant, Alex Shelley, uh, Kevin Blackwood, Leo Rush, Black Taurus, Daniel Garcia, Jack Cartwheel, Bandito, Lee Moriarty, David Richards, Armouris, Jonathan Gresham, J.D. Drake, Jesus. I was reading the next one, so I said hake. (laughs) (laughs) J.D. Drake and Ray Horace. Philip Five Skulls, he seems nice, and Buddy <laughs> Matthews to round out the field. Um, Battle of LA takes place. Sorry, I'm, I was reading the wrong tweet there. They go, the tickets go on sale on the 10th of January if anyone's interested. 
uh, get your tickets at PDW. Uh, P, fuck off. You look for your own tickets. <laughs> <laughs> but the Battle of Los Angeles takes place on January 29th and January 30th. It's always something that seems so cool. It's like the ultimate indie experience, isn't it? Yo, uh, the the Battle for Los Angeles is something that I've always wanted to see in person because I always thought it was so damn cool. And the names that have gone through this, like I feel like if you're an indie wrestler and you have run the, run the indies over the last 10 plus years, or really almost 20 years, you've run through BOLA at least once. And just looking at this crop right here, Right, some of my favorite indie wrestlers, or at least wrestlers who are not in WWE, AEW, I like Bandito. I love Bandito. Leo Rush, uh, even though yeah, he's AEW, but damn, I gotta love Leo Rush. Uh, Jonah, seeing what the former Bronson Reed has been doing, like an impact and stuff, I want to see where he land, where he lands up if he does land up anywhere. But seeing Jonah and this is rad. Um, uh, Aramis, uh, Davey Richards, Jonathan Gresham, the new world champ over there, ROH. So there's a lot of fun names. Alex Shelley, there's a lot of fun names in this. And I'm very much looking forward to this. And uh, who would win? Because uh, it runs the same weekend as the Rumble. And the Rumble is uh, is in St. Louis, so they don't have to worry about proximity. But still, it's going to be a fun weekend for wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you, you mentioned Jonathan Gresham, the new Ring of Honor World Champion, Ring of Honor, after a final battle, is going on hiatus. But it seems uh, Jonathan Gresham is going to take that title around the world. Um, he is defending it at his own uh, pay-per-view terminus, sorry, his own promotion terminus, and he's going to be showing up at Impact Hard to Kill to take a uh, I can't remember who it is he's taking on, so I'm just Googling that just now. But yeah, he's going to be wrestling in Impact, wrestling in Terminus, keeping the sort of um, keeping the sort of title run alive and keeping the name of Ring of Honor out there while they go on their hiatus. The fact that Jonathan Gresham is doing this gives me hope and should give a lot of people hope for the future of Ring of Honor. I know Final Battle was... Um, very to the point where it's to its name, where it was Ring of Honor's final battle for now. And who knows? I know they gave us like an estimate on, on a return, like the first quarter of this year. But with everything at Sinclair and the pandemic and everything, we don't know exactly when Ring of Honor is coming back. They didn't entirely close their doors, but it's not a promising sign when you release all your talent. So... The fact that Jonathan Gresham's defending the belt still is great and it's rad, but we'll see. It's it's hopeful though that he's doing this. It's very very hopeful for the future of the company. This has nothing to do with anything, but I always thought that. Remember when Ezekiel Jackson won the ECW title on the last episode of ECW? Yeah, and then the title disappeared. That really should have been like, see, for a year, his gimmick should have just been defending the title. You know defending the ECW and then he should have unified it with like an IC title or something like that. That was just that was just my opinion at the time and it just reminded me there and I wanted to get that fact out. But anyway, uh, Jonathan Gresham, um Hard to Kill, uh, which is on January eighth, that's this weekend, uh, yep. will be defending the Ring of Honor World Championship against Chris Saban. Rad. Hell yeah. I know uh, that's uh 
that's a dream match right there. We'll talk a wee bit more about, I actually forgot the hard to, there's so much wrestling on at the minute and because we've been off for two weeks, there's so much to cover. Forgot that was on this weekend. Um, have you been watching any Impact? Impact is one of my wrestling blind spots. I keep an eye on it, uh, especially when they do their big shows, but I don't watch the weekly product as much as I should. I, I, I should watch more Impact, especially after the year they just had. Yeah, I see, it's one of the ones I always want to watch as well. And, like, I was a massive Zack Ryder fan when he was getting pushed. Like, when he, he sorry, when he wasn't getting pushed and he should have been. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just, like, he, he's getting such a push right now in Impact. He's part of the World Championship match, him versus W. Morrissey versus Moose. Um, and... Yeah, it just a, a match that. Um, oh, sorry, so that was me looking up who Josh Grisham is taking on uh, at Terminus. He's taking on Josh Alexander for okay. the Ring of Championship. There we are. That's a, a great match there. Another TNA guy. Um, but yeah, like Zack Ryder being pushed, uh, sorry, Matt Cardona now. Uh, being pushed in TNA, it's one of my blind spots as well. But I always really, really enjoy the pay per view. We'll just we'll do a quick run through of their cards just now, just because we're here. Um, a Texas Death Match: Diana Perazzo versus Mickey James for the Knockouts oh. Championship. Oh yeah. Uh, Moose, Mark Cardona, and W Morrissey, as we said, three way for the Impact World Championship. Uh, Chelsea Green, Jordan Gracie, or Jordan Grace, sorry, Lady Frost, Rachel Ellering. Rosemary and Tasha Steeles and the inaugural Knockouts Ultimate X match where the winner will become number one contender for the Impact's Knockout Championship. Uh, Josh Alexander versus Jonah. We mentioned that. Uh, looking forward to seeing what Jonah does in the Battle of LA. He'll be at Impact this coming Saturday. Oh, well, maybe maybe isolation's not that bad. <laughs> I, I'm also <laughs> to watch this. Uh, Eddie Edwards, Rich Swan, Willie Mack, Heath and Rhino versus the Good Brothers and Violent by Design in a 10-way hardcore war match. That will oh be God. a fun spot fest, that one. Uh, the inspiration, Cassie Lee and Jesse McKay uh, defending their Knockouts Tag Team Championships on The Influence, Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood, along with Caleb with a K. Uh, Trey Miguel and Steve Macklin in a singles match for the Impact X Division Championship. And as we mentioned before, Josh Gresham versus Chris Saban for the Ring of Honor World Championship. What an absolute belter of a card that is that's a great um, card and from fun nice things that we're allowed to have to annoying bad things that we really don't want to talk about but anyway um tony Khan came under fire for comments he made regarding a uh, big swole's comments big swole uh, had left tna uh, left sorry AEW by mutual consent, she said back in November. Uh, she was saying she felt there was a lack of diversity and a lack of uh, structure, uh, which led to her leaving AEW. Um, and, you know, she, she really was complaining about her voice not being heard. Um, because I don't think, you know, but for a minute she wasn't saying AEW were racist or, you know, there's no, there's no black or minority... Uh, races in 
AEW. She wasn't saying that for a minute. She was just saying her voice wasn't heard. And what doesn't help is then Tony Khan going... It, it just a, an odd, odd tweet. The top two AEW executives are Brown, me and Megan, explanation mark, explanation mark. Jade, uh, Jade Bowens, Caster, Dante, Nyla, uh, private party, all won on TV this month. The TB, TBS title tournament has been very diverse. I let Swole's contract expire as I felt her wrestling wasn't good enough. Hashtag AEW Rampage Street Fight tonight. Like, it's as if he, he knew he had 240 characters and he wanted to use them all. Um, Chris, when someone's complaining their voice hasn't been heard and they, they don't feel listened to, it's not exactly helpful when the president of said company comes out and just dismisses everything they say. Now, Big Swole had valid criticism of her time in AEW. I, I made sure to go and read what she said to make sure things didn't get twisted. I thought what she said was valid. She wasn't like trying to shit all over AEW or Tony Khan. Like it was more no. so just like constructive criticism for future reference. And then Tony had to. He he came off as someone who is, oh, I have black friends, so I'm not racist. Or like, <laughs> like black people are winning on my shows. So obviously, like, like, yeah, everything's good. So that's that's the vibe I got. I wasn't a fan. Now I'm not out here trying to be the ring bearer of the Tony Khan is canceled party. I don't think he's racist. I don't think he's anything like that. It oh, was no. just like, yo. Within, especially when Big Soul was there in AEW and she was prominently on TV or featured on TV weekly, there the women's division wasn't handled too properly, and even when it was, only certain names got featured on television. Yeah. Like even now, still on AEW television, yeah, you'll see a lot of them pop up on Dark and Elevation, but they'll save the big slots on TV for Britt Baker. Uh, for obvious, for good reason, because she's great. Britt Brit Baker's fantastic. But remember yeah. over the course of the pandemic where you had um, like you had a lot of obviously like no shows uh, or no fan shows were rough for everyone involved. And they were just trying their best to just to put on great television. And the one thing I was struggling still was the women's division. And I know that Hikaru Shida, when she was the women's champion, they they put her in matches, but that it was just like quick, short matches. She barely did anything of prominence over the course of that time. Now, I, I saw a lot of that w with what Big Swole was saying. And the fact that, like, after Britt Baker's initial rivalry with Big Swole, lest not forget that happened, that Big Swole was a big part in getting Britt Baker over, that Big Swole was just left out to dry. And that's how a lot of the talent in AEW must feel, that they're just there just to be there. There's only so many hours of TV you can be a part of. And even when you are, if it's a darker elevation, it's going to be a shorter match. So... I thought it was valid for Big Swole to say what she had to say, but yes, a phone call would have helped. But damn, 
like I saw people criticizing Swole for saying shit in an interview. That's literally what what every WWE talent does when they leave the company. They go on Chris Jericho's podcast. They go talk to Renee Paquette. They go talk to Sean Ross Sapp at Fightful, and they talk their shit. It happens to everybody. And Tony Khan, who's very vocal on Twitter, had to say, oh, like, Bowens won, Caster won, Cargo won. Like, no one gives a shit. No one asked about that. No one cares. I mean, it's great. I'm glad they won. I love the acclaimed. But let's pump the brakes. And let's not say Swole's a bad wrestler. He straight up said, oh, she's not a good wrestler. She wasn't a good wrestler. That's just being disrespectful. Let's calm down a little bit. I don't think he should be canceled. I think he should apologize if he already hasn't to her privately. But damn, that's a that's a big fumble to start the year for AEW and Tony Khan. I, I feel sometimes so. Vince McMahon, who um, his Twitter is obviously run by you know a, a production company or, or you know a publicist company because they only really tweet when it's like. Happy birthday, John Cena. Happy birthday, Stone Cold. Or me. Happy New Year, WWE Universe, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, and people always talk about Vince McMahon being out of touch. You know, to those people I say, how many of your relatives in their 70s know, you know, the top 40 or know who the hell Cardi B is? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) ask your grandma to sing WAP, see how that goes. (laughs) But, there's so many things that Tony Khan says and does on Twitter that I feel had Vince McMahon done it, it'd be like, yeah, old man, out of touch. Like, oh God, why is he doing this? You know, can tell he's friends with Trump, you know, take his phone away from him, blah, blah, blah. Whereas Tony Khan is an absolute, you know, he's a loose cannon on Twitter. He is, I, I don't know if you'll have seen it over in the US, so... Uh, the English Premier League um, one of the highlight shows, the sort of sports centre style shows we have for the Premier League over here um, Tony Khan, because he is part of the Fulham ownership uh, was talking about uh, I'm, uh, this isn't good enough, you know, we want it, this put right, we know how you fans feel and on the show, Jamie Carragher who's like one of the the most prominent pundits, Liverpool legend, played in the Premier League all his life, turned around and went, what must the manager Fulham think when this clown jumps on? (laughs) Like, he he just went on a pure rant about how Tony Khan is a clown. And it, it is, like, on his Twitter, Tony Khan has had a few fumbles. And there's so many of them that I feel that had it been Vince McMahon or had it been... Bruce Pritchard or hey, God forbid, had it been Stephanie McMahon because she's more hated than Vince, that they would be put through the ringer. Whereas mm-hmm. Tony Cannes is always like, yeah, you know what? I didn't like Swole, so so that makes this okay. Like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't, you know, the the wrestler they're criticizing, you know, it, it, if he turned around and went, oh, you know, I, I've never liked CM Punk, you know, you guarantee everybody would jumped on him then. You know, I, I just feel there's there's so many times where because he's seen as the the alternative, and let's make no mistakes about it, they're not a, a small time indie promotion. They're 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 richer than the McMahon's. Um, 
the, the, sometimes it's allowed, like things like this are allowed to slide. And I've, I've not liked some of the powerhouse Hobbs. He's one who I didn't like his response when Swole said she didn't feel heard. Powerhouse Hobbs tweeted, and essentially, so it says, I've been featured in some heavy-ass spots since being signed to AEW, as well as other minorities. Now TK has put me in spots at the right time that meant something. Uh, Punk Christian, Brian Cage, Hangman, and especially running in and saving mocks. Uh, the company has been there for me since the passing of my mother. Cody and QT played a tremendous part in getting me signed. Lastly, if you have an issue with someone, pick up the phone. That, that just comes across as, well, I mean, I get pushed, so why are you complaining? Right, right. And I, I bet it gets bogged down the whole in the race of it all. And like, that's like, I, and I, I like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm one to definitely complain when a person of color in wrestling is misused or not used the way I would like them to be. But yeah. Swole is someone I've been a fan of since I saw her in AEW. Cause that was the first time I got to see her on a, on a big platform and like, yeah, but granted there was a bunch of talent. I want to know the talent in AEW that shares the same sentiment as big swole does. Uh, mm-hmm. But you won't, you won't hear them speak out because then they'll be berated by their colleagues. Like that tweet that you're referencing from Tony Khan, Britt Baker, uh, like uh, retweeted it uh, and essentially echoing his sentiments and like we got you we didn't just get one uh statement from hobbs we got two statements from hobbs so like i i get it i don't know if a few people can speak for the entirety of the AEW roster but it was very weird to see everyone gang up on swole when i thought her critiques were valid but We'll never know the full truth. We we don't know if Khan's spoken to Swole since all this has happened. But I'm I'm curious to see if this happens again when a released AEW talent voices their complaints or their valid criticisms and if they get berated or if they get gaslit by other AEW talent who are still there. Because before all this, everything over there in Conland was all cookies and rainbows. But yeah. maybe not. Maybe not. No, nothing's perfect. I'm just re- like I hadn't read the the whole the the whole interview with Swole. I've been reading it just while we've been talking, and it's um, the bit where uh, she cited her daughter. It began noticing very few competitors on AEW looked like her, driving her back to, it says, driving her back to WWE programming where performers like Bianca Belair and Big E were in the spotlight more frequently. And essentially she's just talking as a mother who wants to see more representation. And yeah, the, the backlash, as you said, it'll be interesting to see if this happens again and if this is going to be the... The, the thing, you know, you know, you know, what Daniel Bryan's made it clear that, you know, he, he wants to get out and wrestle other people while he can, but he, he you know, he has no ill will to WWE and, you know, he, he says he will go back there someday. So 
what happens when Daniel Bryan goes back to WWE? Is he going to turn around and say to him, yeah, Daniel Bryan wasn't good enough, so I let him go? Like, yeah. You know, or, or, you know, what if, you know, one of the four pillars gets a better offer from WWE? Right. Are we just going to start shit-talking people who leave or who want to yeah, leave? Exactly. Like, I, I don't think that's, that's a good precedent to start. No, certainly not. It, so, it sounds very, um, how can I say this lightly? Like, you're very up your own ass. Like, <laughs> like I, I get it. I get it. AEW has been, and this is coming from someone who's the, who the only wrestling shows I've gone to over the last couple of years pa- in pandemic times were AEW shows. I've gone out of my way to go, the last time I was on this show, we did it right before I went to an AEW show. Yeah. And I was so happy to be there. It was so much fun. I loved it. And I plan on going to, there's another one in Chicago in February and I would like to go if I can, but AEW, the first time they have some type of hint of controversy, it's very fumbled and it was very, very poorly resolved. If it is, if it's resolved in the first place, and I I think that speaks volumes. No one is going to get canceled. Nothing's going to happen to Tony Khan or AEW. They're still going to keep hauling ass moving forward. If anyone's going to get shit, it's Big Swole, and I don't even think she will. But what happens the next time something like this happens in all elite wrestling is Tony Khan going to lo- fucking blow his lid again. We'll see. I- I'm I'm looking forward to that. What happens next? Cause it's bound to happen. No wrestling company is perfect. Uh, so we'll, we'll move on. We'll, we'll quickly just talk about uh, Ray Phoenix uh, rumored to have a broken arm uh, that happened in last night's dynamite. Uh, hopefully, some some news outlets reporting a broken arm, others reporting an elbow injury, a serious elbow injury, but not a broken arm that doesn't require surgery. So hopefully, you know, hopefully he's okay and hopefully he can get well soon. But, he actually um, just uh, tweeted not too long ago that oh. the um, it was a very bad dislocation. Oh, no, oh. no arms, no bones are broken, but it's just a very ugly dislocation. Have you seen it? I don't want to see it. I'm okay. With oh, <laughs> it's disgusting. It is. And the fact that they replayed it, they replayed it on TV. Like you, they showed one angle, they replayed it from another angle, and it's disgusting. It's very much disgusting. Uh, speaking of anything else, <laughs> uh, so AEW this Saturday as well uh, will also be running a show. So it's part of their part of their new TNT series. They've now moved to TBS. Uh, this will be part of four four planned episodes in the Saturday Fight Night series, which will air quarterly through 2022. And the first one will be AEW Battle of the Belts. I assumed it was going to be like. Um, like Clash of Champions or Night of Champions, where all the titles are on the line. But no, apparently it is a one-hour, a one-hour show. Not all the titles will be on the line, but two of the matches announced so far: Britt Baker DDM versus Riho and Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara for the women's and TNT title, respectively. And pardon me, a an hour-long show. If they had a third title match, I'd be happy with that as well. Just a fun one-hour sort of Saturday night main event style show. 
Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to checking this out. I, I want to see, like, no offense to Baker and Riho, but Guevara and Rhodes 2. That, or 3 now. Um, 2 in this series of TNT title matches. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That is something I'm, I'm, I want to see very, very bad. Yeah, I'm hoping... Just... I hate Cody Rhodes so much. I just, I, I, <laughs> it's the bane of my existence on this show having to speak about Cody Rhodes. And then was it the Crockett family presenting yes. him with the belt when he won? Yeah. I like WWE, but I sometimes need an alternative. Does the North American alternative need to come with the sideshow of Cody Rhodes cosplaying as his dad? Like, can we, can we not, <laughs> can we not have that? Oh, uh, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the Crockett thing either. I thought it was a little too over the top, but I, I like I like Cody and all the shit that he gets. Uh, I'm a fan. <laughs> You've just made an enemy for life. I'm not going to um, defend him, though. I'm not going to defend him. <laughs> uh, that's something I'm no, not no, going to no. do. Um, do you think they'll add a third match, given the ever-long time, or do you think they're just going to have two like, long Maybe thirty minute matches. Uh no, we there may be like a bunch of segments in between if they only keep the two. I mean we do have a rampage uh between now and then, so maybe they'll add some type of match before that before that. But yeah. I'd be surprised if it was just two announced matches for an hour. Typically they like to do three even on the hour long rampage. Yeah, I've I've noticed that I'm just checking to see what's on rampage this week if well, well, there you go. I've got the spoilers. I won't read the, the spoiler results, but I'll, <laughs> um, I'll just read the matches. Adam Cole is set to welcome Jake Atlas to AEW. Hook will be in action as he takes on Aaron Solo. Uh, and oh, so we're getting Hook back, baby. Send Hook. Daniel Garcia and 2.0 will take on Eddie Kingston, Santana and Ortiz in a no-holds-barred match. Oh, wow. Okay, we're running it back. Let's do it again. Uh, uh, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter versus Rio and Ruby Soho as well. Okay. Uh, and, and yeah, that's Rampage this week. So Maybe we'll hear something about this upcoming Saturday show then like another match announcement, but if it's just two, then be prepared for a lot of segments and interviews. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about the TBS championship. Um, that came to a conclusion uh, last night on Dynamite. Jade Cargill is your first ever TBS champion, uh, defeating Ruby Soho in the final. Uh, 11 minutes, 22 seconds. I thought it would have went a wee bit longer than that, but after the Queen's Crown tournament, I'm just happy it went over five minutes. Um, Jade Cargill is the first champion. What are your thoughts on this? Would you went with with a Ruby Soho to maybe give the... Because I think Ruby Soho is going to be a, a permanent fixture in wrestling, whereas I think Jade Cargill can be a crossover star sort of thing. Or would you have went Jade Cargill because she's hot right now and it's a case of... Just get in there. Ever since the bracket was announced and we knew Jade Cargill was in it, it was the worst kept secret she was winning. Even after Ruby Soho was brought into AEW and she ran through the tournament as well, 
It did not sway me at all. I still had Cargill winning, not because I wanted her to win, not because I don't like her either. I'm a fan, even though I did not like her tearing through my girl Kira Hogan like that at the United Center in Chicago. I'll cry about it later. <clears throat> the the Ruby Soho of it all, she's going to get the belt at some point. I love Ruby Soho. And the match is only 11 minutes long because Jade Cargill is still pretty green. Like she, the longer the match goes, the more exposed I believe she is. And even when you put her with someone like Ruby Soho, she's not going to do great, at least not yet. But um, I like, I like Cargill as the champ for now. Who dethrones her? Who hands her her first loss? That's a great question. Is it going to be Soho? Thunder Rosa, maybe? I don't know. But I like Cargill as the first TBS champ. Cool. Sorry, just a wee bit of breaking news. Roman Reigns has been medically cleared and set to return at tomorrow's Friday Night Smackdown. Brock Lesnar will also be on the show. Okay. Duly noted. Smackdown kicking it off. Um, I'm just looking. More news on the Saudi Arabia show, as obviously as we mentioned, February 19th. A... Apparently, there's also going to be a show in late fall, um, so around about October time again, sort of like uh, the Crown Jewel, Big E and uh, Drew. Yeah, yeah, yes. Crown Jewel, yep, yuck. Okay, I'm not a big fan of the Saudi Arabia shows, uh, but I, I watch them if it has like a Rollins, Edge, Hell in a Cell type deal, then I'll watch the thing. Yeah, like I, I watched that. Uh, it started at three o'clock. The last one, I believe, it was on a, I think it was on a Wednesday actually, or a, it was a Tuesday. Um, and I watched uh, on my break and work. Uh, waited till three o'clock to take my break. Watched the Hell in the Cell match, and then I was like, I watched the rest when I got in. Did not watch the rest. I watched the Hell in the Cell match. I don't need to watch the rest. <laughs> but um, I don't blame you. Not at all. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of the Saudi shows sometimes. When they when they include them in canon, like when they're including the Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns thing and the throwing of the title and Paul, who are you throwing the title to? But then yep. see sometimes where they make you watch Baron Corbin versus Seth Rollins and then pretend it didn't happen and do it again at Roadblock. Then I, then I kind of get pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, sorry, back to Jude Cargill. Yeah, I agree. She is, she is green, but I think putting this title on her strangely keeps her out of the ring because, you know, she could have the whole, the champion only wrestles when, you know, the champion, you know, is uh, when the title's on the line or something like that. And, you know, it gives her time to go away and work on her stuff. And, you know, it looks like the likes of Ruby Soho will be chasing her for that title for a while. So who better to... Who better to help her work on her in-ring stuff than Ruby Soho? Exactly. Exactly. I will try to find the link for this, and if anyone's uh, listening and wants to see it, uh, go into the Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat community. I will try to find this. It's a gif. It's it's an intergender match between Ruby Soho and Josh Alexander. I don't know what promotion it's at, but (laughs) Josh Alexander hits him. Hits her with a clothesline and then an air raid siren. 
that is so brutal. It, like she, he throws her about as if she was a small child. It is, <laughs> it is equally horrifying and hilarious at the same time. <laughs> that just about rounds us up on this week's news, which brings us to David Campbell. Can't let me have my own things, can he? He just it, this is payback for me <laughs> winning the draft. Uh, David Campbell asked a simple question to start us off for 2022. Which wrestler is going to have their breakout year in 2022? Uh, (laughs) I'm just reading his. He went, remember to leave your answers in the comment and wrestling podcast seconds seconds most famous Ross will read them out on this week's Central. (laughs) (laughs) Prick. Anyway. (laughs) So Jack Graham, don't encourage him. Uh, Jack Graham says, send hook. To David Campbell's response said, he's stunning. I mean, great answer. Um, Sean Smith said, hook, Jade Cargill and Jamie Hayter. Well, he's already one for one with uh, Jade Cargill there. Uh, David Hockney says, got high hopes for Jungle Boy this year. I would have said Jungle Boy, yeah. That's a good one. Uh, Anthony Fitzpatrick says if they're breaking away from tag teams Jungle Boy and Montez Ford will uh, will have a great year also wow. 2022 will be massive for Wardlow wow okay I like that uh, he also responds to David's uh, comment David too said Wardlow said Wardlow is a future world champion to which Anthony responded I think you'll take it from MGF in a similar story to when Batista took the title from Triple H. Pretty true. Okay. Uh, I'd been to that. Uh, Alamit Lucas said Raquel Gonzalez. I certainly could see her being a be a Women's Royal Rumble winner this year. Oh. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I like that. Alan Laurie said uh, Danhausen. Oh, yes. Yes, Danhausen, my favorite wrestler. Yes, please. Kwakumaji uh, says our truth. <laughs> <laughs> to which Alan Laurie agrees and said, "Truth for Money in the Bank 2022." I'd be all for it. <laughs> uh, Alan Laurie for the for the UK uh, listeners also says, "Closer to home, Harley Hudson is a name you're going to see up and down the UK." Okay, interesting to see oh. who see that and Stephen Wilson said Braun Breaker's year and well he's already the we've talked about he's already the NXT champion starting off strong Um, yeah coming off strong who who do you think who who do you think it can be one of those people or it can be someone else who do you think is going to have a breakout year this year I'm trying to think of someone who hasn't been mentioned so I'll start with the ladies I think Cora Jade is going to have herself one hell of a 2022 and for the men, Jungle Boy would have been my pick. So, um, oh, geez. For the dudes, 2022 breakout year, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the acclaimed as a tag team. All right. Nice one. I'm trying to think who, who I'd, not, not who I think, but who I'd like to see. Who would I like to see become a breakout star? You know, that's, what I'd, that's, I'd, I'd, that's essentially how I did mine. That's who I want to see breakout. Do you know what I'd, I'd like to see? Um, 
I'd like to see Tyler Bate move from NXT UK to NXT full time. And I would okay. like to see I'd like to see more of NXT UK. Like, I'd like it to see get a bigger spotlight because I think Ilya Dragunov, you know, we saw the matches he can have with Finn Balor, we saw the matches he can have with Walter. Yep. He deserves more of a presence. Uh, and yeah, so I think a couple a couple from the NXT UK, I think Tyler Bate and Ilya Dragunov are people I'd like to see doing more in the promotion they're currently in. Because and I know obviously international travel, it's it's a dime a dozen and you know, you, you can either you can do it one week and you can't do it the next week. Um but I, I think I think if we're going to introduce new characters to NXT 2.0 and you want young up-and-coming talent, well, Tyler Bates even younger. Tyler Bates was born in 1997. Oh, wow, so I am the same age as Tyler Bates. See, that makes me feel good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Tyler... Tyler Bates and um, Ilya Dragunov, they'll be my guys that I want to see do more. And do you know who I think actually is going to have a, not a breakout year, but a massive year? Walter. Walter, if he is used on NXT full-time, which apparently Vince McMahon is like keen to get him for NXT oh. full-time. And apparently he's no, he's no longer against the idea of moving from Europe. Like the reason he, he did a lot of his, his wrestling in Europe was because he, he didn't want to move from his home country. But he's now not against the idea of moving to America and hey, I'd, I'd love to see Walter as the guy to beat Braun Breaker. I think that could be great. I, I'm not I'm not opposed to that. That'd be pretty sick. Right, well let us know who you think is going to be the wrestling breakout star. You can find the post on a Sleep Suplex Retweet community. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Suplex Retweet. A massive back catalogue of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet stuff, uh, which can be found on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, and all good Android podcasting sites, and the list slipped up there. And of course, keep an eye out on our YouTube content. At January, it's Quiz Showdown, it's the Royal Rumble Quiz, a four-year tradition here at uh, ESSR, uh, one of our longest traditions actually at ESSR. Uh, previous winners, Scott McLeod, David Hockney, and Ryan Gallagher. None of them are competing this year, so we're going to have a first-time winner. So tune into that. That'll be coming up on the YouTube page within the next few weeks. Uh, thank you again, Chris. We'll not wait as long this time to get you back on unless I can somehow find an excuse to be off. <laughs> no, man, don't worry, buddy. You're good. I'm always thankful to come on. And whenever y'all need me, you know where to find me. Well, hey, if you want, we can sort of time to suit you. You're more than welcome to come on the Royal Rumble quiz. <laughs> oh, don't, don't tease me like that. Don't tease me. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> I'll send a wee message to Daniel after this. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McRobbie. We are the hosts of the monthly show on Eat Superplex Retreat East Meets West. Where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East. You can remember to check that out on the Eat Seek Suplex Retreat podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify or iTunes now. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.